welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What is up? I'm so excited, as always, that you're here today because today you're going to be listening in on a conversation I had with my friend Joelle all about how we need to change our exercise with the phases of our cycle. So I know I've touched on this before. I believe it was episode number four or five where I talked about different phases of our cycle and how we really need to change our movement based off of the phase because our hormones are fluctuating throughout our cycle. So if you you're like, what are you talking about the phases of your cycle? If you don't know, we touch on it in the episode, but really quick, we have four phases of our cycle. So we all know about menstrual phase, right? When you're bleeding, but what a lot of us never learned about in school, which we really barely even learned about our actual period, but is that there are three other phases, the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, which is the only phase you could actually get pregnant in, with which most people know about ovulation, the luteal phase, and then the menstrual phase again. So those are the four phases, follicular, ovulatory, luteal, and menstruation. So depending on which phase you're in in your cycle depends on how depends on how you really need to be supporting yourself with different movements because doing the same workout every single day is really not going to support you. So that's what we talk about in our episode today. And then I'm going to do a follow-up episode more about how our hormones actually fluctuate based on each phase so you can get more information on that because today is really just about the movements for each phase, which is really, really, really important. And if you do have a period tracker app, which is the the my flow is the one that I recommend. It'll show you the different phases that you're in and it will talk about the different movements as well. So but I'm just going to get right to it because I want you to get into this episode. It's a really awesome episode. We talk about so many different things you could do and how it's really supportive to change these movements and why it's actually supportive. So real quick introduction on who Joelle is. Her name is Joelle Cease and she's in the, been in the health and fitness industry for 10 years. So she studied dietetics in college. She's taught group fitness. She's personal trained clients. And then finally, she settled into the world of virtual health and fitness coaching. She's a mom of two boys and she has a husband and both were born and raised in Minnesota. So that's what they live. They're born and raised there. Minnesotans, Minnesotans. I think that I think that's how you say it. But anyway, she's awesome. So I'm just going to get right to it. I hope you enjoy this episode and here we go. Joelle, welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for sharing this time with us. I cannot wait for the listener to hear this because this is a question I get all the time about cycle phases and movement. So I'm really excited to get into it. But before we start, I just wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself to our listeners. Oh my gosh, Corinne. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to chat with you today and to be on here. So a little bit about me. I have been a health and fitness coach for 10 years. I've always loved health and fitness. As a very young person, I was doing all of the sports and activities. Many of my female 
mentors in my life modeled a love for health and fitness. I went to college to study dietetics. I started teaching group fitness, met my husband at the gym, and it wasn't even until my late 20s that I heard of a follicular and luteal phase. And I say that because I want to be relatable of like, I did not grow grow up knowing that we had this feminine cycle to work with. Like I grew up as well, knowing it like the curse of Aunt Flo and hiding a tampon in your sleeve. So nobody (laughs) knew, right? But now I'm a mom of a four and a two-year-old. And after I had my sons, this is when I started noticing I felt off mentally, physically, mm-hmm. and emotionally. I had always had pretty regular symptoms. Like I didn't have the typical signs of hormonal imbalance, but for me, what I noticed was weight loss resistance primarily. And then also the heavy, heavy hitting swings of moods and motion and energy. There were times in my cycle where I felt like I had rose colored glasses on. My life is amazing. I felt all of this love and appreciation for everyone around me and everything that I have, have and had. But in the same like few weeks later, I'd feel down, depressed, question everything about my life. And it was truly that that swinging of energy, mentality, and emotion that got me thinking maybe this is in relation to my hormones and then obviously weight loss resistance. So I've always held a pretty typical body frame. You know, I never really struggled with weight until I had my second son and the weight wasn't coming off like I thought it would. You know, this was my second postpartum journey and I was like, just give yourself more grace. It's your second baby. But then when he was like one and a half years old, so it was January last year, I sat and I was like, I'm working out, I'm eating fairly healthy, I'm doing the things that I know are supportive of where I want to go in the way that I want to achieve the goals, but something feels off. Mm. And we in the health and fitness industry have preached, eat less, work out more, push harder, you know, more calories out less calories in. And I had those thoughts a year ago. I was like, you know, I'm going to start doing two days. I can up my cardio. I can eliminate X, Y, and Z out of my food and stuff. I even had, I even had someone tell me just eat more vegetables. And I was like, I'm already eating fairly healthy. Something is going on. And I would start to see progress And then I would start to see backwards progress. So like a little bit of weight loss followed by weight gain. And now with all of that to say, I now understand why, because the traditional advice that we get from mainstream media on the best way to burn fat, the best way to gain muscle is supportive only in certain times of our cycles. So that's what truly changed for me was I started changing and working out in a way that supported the way my hormones were in my specific phases of my cycle. And it, with my experience in health and fitness coaching, I've always noticed this self-sabotage cycle that we as women have, you know, times where myself and my clients have came to me and be like, Joel, I'm ready to do this. Like, I'm, I'm just really feeling like I want to start this program or this lifestyle or this way of eating. Like, it feels good for me to start this now. 
And that goes well for a while. And then we start feeling a little bit more tired, lower energy, salads, especially do not sound good during this phase. And I started thinking, is this also in relation to our feminine cycle? And what I found is it is we as women have way more willpower than any other species. We really, really do. And intuition. And intuition. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to weight loss and working out and nutrition, we don't let that intuition guide us. We don't let that. We let all of the mainstream media tell us what we should be doing and how we should be treating our bodies. Right? Yes. And so the self-sabotage cycle gets to the heads of so many women of like, I do good for a while and then I don't, and I do good for a while and then I don't. And what I found is when we start pairing, especially the way that we work out in a way that is supportive of where we're at in our cycle, that self-sabotage cycle stops because we know, okay, this isn't a lack of willpower. This isn't a lack of motivation. My body is telling me to take this time of slowdown. Yes. Oh my gosh. So many amazing things in there. And just, of course, we've talked about cycle phases and stuff on this podcast, but just to preface, like, well, first of all, I'm with you that I never even heard of cycle phases in my life before. I just thought it was a period. You get your period, you bleed, and like you move on, and everything else is the same. Like, I had absolutely no idea, like zero idea about it. And I think that a lot of women could connect with that because- how would we know we are not taught this in school? Like, unless we research it on our own, there's absolutely no education around it. So, but that being said, the four phases of the cycle, in case this is your first episode and you've never heard of it, are follicular, ovulatory, luteal, and menstruation. And of course, Joelle is going to go into how to work out and how there are different changes throughout each phase of your cycle. And it's so important to honor that because I think that we expect to feel the same way every single day. And we're shown, like you said, in the media, eat the same way every day, work out the same way every day, get up at 5 a.m., do your workout in the morning, have your smoothie for breakfast, like always the same every single day. And it's not always supportive. And that's the reason why, because there is a natural dip in certain areas of our cycle. When we get into the phase that we could talk about that, we are going to notice a shift. We're not always going to feel the same way. But when it's a drastic one, like you were experiencing with extreme mood swings in that luteal phase, extreme, like maybe depression and anxiety and all that going on, like PMDD, that is when we are not supporting our cycle in the specific phases, those feelings and those dips get so much worse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that comes like trusting the process of knowing our bodies and Mm. listening to ourselves instead of what the latest, like, I don't know, no magazine that you've seen at the target <laughs> yeah. checkout or whatever, you know, <laughs> exactly. for the best way to burn belly fat. It's like that kind of stuff we have to throw out the window. Cause a lot of those health and fitness related studies are done primarily on men. Yep. I know that changing the way that you are supporting your body with movement will also help with some hormonal imbalances. Because when I started honoring phases of slowing down, that's when I also noticed, you know, my snappiness, my moodiness started lessening and lessening 
over time too. So let's hop into, okay, now we know what we want to make these changes. So movement now supports our body, gives us vibrancy and energy instead of depleting from it or being something that we dread. Mm. How can you make these changes and what do you need to know? First and foremost, always choose the type of activity that you love. One of the questions I have spent many years asking women is what workouts do you love? And oftentimes they have no idea because it is not something that we have done a good job of saying, this is something I do for self-care, for vibrancy, for my body. It's Mm -hmm. been told that we have to dread it and push hard and make no excuses. And that doesn't feel right to a lot of us, but you do want to listen to your body and choose the workouts that you love. So I'm going to start with the follicular phase. I always like rolling into follicular phase, talking about that, and then ending with menstrual phase, because once your bleeding has stopped from your period, you have entered the follicular phase. Mm -hmm. And this is when your body is on the rise of energy. Your hormones are rising, your energy is rising back up. And this is the beginning of your body being the most efficient and optimal for fat burning, for building lean, strong muscle, for increased energy endurance and stamina. So this is a great time to start those plans to working on some of your goals. Like if you do have a goal to lose some weight, know that during your follicular phase, this can be your focus time towards working towards that weight loss goal, or maybe adding lean muscle onto your body. Yeah. So we have this natural rise of motivation that is a result of our rising hormones because our period has stopped, right? Yeah. So exactly. This is the natural feeling like I want to get started. So doing a lot of those workouts that are cardio based. Mm -hmm. So running, steady state runs or tempo runs, dance style workouts, spin, circuit training, working out for your goals, you know, like taking that into account because your energy is rising, break a sweat, use that energy. And as you roll from, this is also a really great time to try something new during your follicular phase. I was about to say that. (laughs) Yeah. During your follicular phase, you've got that like little inkling to try something different and see how your body responds to it. See how your energy responds to it. See how your vibrancy responds to it. And then as you roll into your ovulation phase, you're going to be feeling that peak of energy. So during ovulation, this is when you can really go for those intense high intensity interval training workouts, those really intense, crazy spin classes and have the energy for it. And If you're working with hormonal imbalances or adrenal fatigue or anything like that, always the sweet spot for exercise duration is that like 20 to 30 minute window. But if you are, you know, on the tail end of hormonal healing and feeling good for it, you know, a solid 40 minute workout, like longer duration workouts can be supportive during this luteal phase. So I like to give that example because a lot of times as women, we're maybe thinking of doing a 10K or a half marathon or something like that and properly placing where those types of long runs, longer, harder, more intense workouts should always be during ovulation because your body can fully support it and it's not going to completely tank your energy. 
But with that being said, if you are on the beginning end of hormonal healing, stick with that 20 to 30 minute window. You don't have to do the high intense, you know, when you're thinking of cardio output, doing a level on a scale of one to 10, if your cardio output is like a six, seven, that's great. Your cardio output doesn't always have to be a level 10. You're completely winded, completely drained, gasping for air, right? But if you like those style of workouts, ovulation is a great time to make sure that you're scheduling them in there. So it's supportive of your hormones, your energy, and your mood. Yes. So I'm super glad that you mentioned that because a lot of times we will push harder, like you said, and do that spin class or whatever. But when we are experiencing something like adrenal fatigue, or we are just starting our PCOS journey and we're really, really struggling with fatigue or with insulin resistance and all of this stuff, even though that ovulatory phase is really supportive for spinning or whatever, any type of like hit workout, it might not be supportive for you at any phase in this moment of wherever you're at with your hormonal journey. So of course, if you're working with someone, they can help you with that, but know your body. So, so try it out, even like, like Joelle said, with 20, 30 minutes. But if you feel depleted after, then just because that phase is where you have more energy and where you can more sustain it, maybe where you're at in your life, it's not supportive in any phase. So mm-hmm. a good way to know that is after you do that workout, like an hour or two later, do you feel energized or do you feel depleted? Because we should always feel energized after workout and not depleted. So that's a really great way to know. So for example, even in my ovulatory phase, I could definitely push more in my workouts, but I'm specifically not not someone that could do a really intense, like hour long spin class, even in that phase, just because it's not supportive for me. I have really sensitive adrenals and cortisol levels because of my PCOS. So I know that that doesn't work for me, but I do also know that I could do um, more, a longer, um, intense kind of like a Pilates or just more of an intense type of workout during that phase. But make sure that you are playing around, but being safe about it. And like Joelle said, that 20 to 30 minute mark, especially if you're in the beginning of a hormonal journey, do not exceed that because when our cortisol levels increase, it decreases our progesterone because we our body uses progesterone to produce more cortisol. So if you're stressed out all the time, if your cortisol is all whacked out because of your hormones, and then you're pushing really, really hard in this workout, you're just going to be furthering the imbalances in your body. So just always make sure that you are listening to your body and you... Um, are noticing if you feel depleted after season of life too. I give this this same advice to new moms, you know, Mm. even a lot of my clients who are moms that have had their second or third babies. And I'm like, girlfriend, like a 40, 50, 60 minute workout is not going to serve you because you're not sleeping very good. You have demanding toddlers that can't even wipe their own bums. Right. (laughs) And so season of life, totally impacts this too. So I'm so glad that you brought that up and we'll roll. I mean, this first half of advice, follicular and ovulation phase is really that mainstream media advice. Right. And let's talk about when those phases are, because I know you touched on it. So the follicular, like you said, is after your menstrual phase and ovulation. So depending on how long your cycle is, and when we say cycle, that means from the day you start bleeding until the day you start bleeding again. So it could be anywhere from like 21 to 35 days is really an 
average cycle. So for ovulation, this phase could be ending around day 14 or day 21, depending on where your cycle is. So of course, always recommend getting a MyFlow app, tracking it so you can kind of see, but that's where we're talking about time-wise, about when where you would be after ovulation could be either around day 14 or day 21 of your cycle. So that's yeah. what we were just talking about. Like, And that's considered the first half of your cycle. So if you hear us say like, oh, in the beginning of your cycle, that's the two phases, the um, follicular and the ovulatory phases. And then now Joelle is going to speak about the luteal phase, which is after we ovulate. And also if you are someone that tracks your basal body temperature, which I always recommend, this is when your temperature spikes because after ovulation, ovulation is what produces the hormone progesterone. That's the only way we produce progesterone in our bodies and progesterone increases our body temperature. So if you are tracking your basal body temperature and you see that temperature rise, that means you have now entered your luteal phase and that's a really great marker to know, okay, now I'm going to start altering my um, exercises and all that stuff. Right, right. And so talking about luteal phase, really it can last like that 10 to 14 days. So I typically, when I'm speaking to everybody, break it down into two. So in into two parts, the beginning of our luteal phase and the ending of our luteal yes. phase. Because in the when we're moving from ovulation to beginning of luteal phase, our body is brilliant. It flows from one phase into the next. So it's not like you're going to finish ovulation and like, boom, energy crashes the next day. It's a right. nice like lowering of energy from beginning of luteal, ending of luteal, and then into menstrual. So as you go from ovulation into luteal, you still want to use your body's inner guidance. Is your energy still up for some high intensity interval training? I do encourage as I know I'm rolling into luteal phase that I start lowering the intensity down and even eliminating cardio as much as I can. If I really do, like I said in the beginning of all this, if I get an inkling to sit down on my spin bike, I'll go with that gut feeling, but then become aware. But typically mm -hmm. this is the part where most of us women feel resistant that if we honor this slowing down, changing how we're moving our bodies, stepping away from cardio, that we're going to start seeing weight gain instead mm. of weight loss. Yes. So trust us on this process because as you are going into your luteal phase, your hormones are kind of in a roller coaster sometimes. Like some days you may be feeling great. Some days you may feel lower energy. And then that's when it's really important to go inward and adopt to this lowering of energy and being intentional with our movement with slow, controlled weight training, taking breaks in between sets. If you are doing interview intervals, toning down or avo avoiding cardio, if car steady state cardio feels right for you during this early luteal phase, it's a really great time though to focus on strength training and eliminating impact from your workout. So doing, you know, squats with a weight in your hands instead of squat jumps mm -hmm. during luteal phase. And then as you're rolling into late luteal phase, honoring that slowdown even more with more gentle movements, such as bar, Pilates, stretch and mobility, shorter duration of workouts. This may be even a time in the month where you want to change up your workout timing routine towards yes. 
afternoon workouts. I know I'm naturally more of a morning person Mm -hmm. during my follicular and ovulation phase. I can get up, work out, like it just flows so naturally. But even so in late luteal, it supports my body more if I allow a slower morning routine, start my day with more slower intention, and then move into activity and movement that is more slow, controlled, and intentional and mindful. And a lot of times people talk about doing, you know, Pilates and yoga, but no, if you're more into athletic type training, think of like those stretches that you did at the end of your practices or doing those stretch and mobility works for your shoulders and your hips, maybe um, rolling into a lot of that, because here's the thing, my friends, if you continue to push during an intense workout in your late luteal phase, you are putting yourself at a higher risk for injury and maybe not like a huge injury, like tearing an ACL or something like that. But let's say this is something you can bring awareness to. If you're typically a runner and you go for a run and it's your late luteal phase and you kind of wake up the next few days being like, my knee joints are off. My hip joints are off. Like my back Mm -hmm. is hurting a little bit more taking that slow down and that's your body giving you a sign of like, Hey, I know you like doing this, but right now with where I'm at, I need you to slow down and have a different focus. And then is there anything else you wanted to cover about luteal phase? Yeah. So with that, so the luteal phase, like we're talking about is after ovulation. And these are like the two weeks right before your period. So What she's saying about how it could increase injury, it could also increase your PMS symptoms. Because if you do have PMS, you do struggle with mood swings or breast tenderness or bloating or anything that is the typical, like what people think is just supposed to happen leading up to your period. It's not only doing intense workouts around this time, not only is it going to increase your risk of injury, it's going to increase your risk for these PMS symptoms, which is really important. Maybe you won't notice it in the moment if you're just like starting out, but your next cycle, maybe you will. And once you start altering it, you definitely will notice a difference. And I also wanted to touch on the fact how we it is such a mind game about not pushing ourselves and not thinking that, oh, now I'm going to gain weight. I actually just did a story about this today because right now I have my period and I'm on day four and I was like, okay, I'm going to just do like a light Pilates flow or something today. And I started to do it. And I was like, uh, no, like my, I don't feel, my body doesn't feel like ready to do this. Like I'd rather just stretch a little bit and go for a walk. But in my head, I'm like, but I didn't, I haven't really done a workout in like two or three days because I've been on my period and I don't want to gain weight. And I'm like, no, Corinne, you know that that's not true, but it's so ingrained in our head that we really have to consciously rewrite it and be like, no, I'm supporting my body. I'm listening to what it needs right now. And I know that pushing myself is going to jack up my hormones, especially with when you have a condition, like you have to listen to your body and we have to just continuously rewrite the script because it is tough for people to switch that narrative because it's a narrative that we've been hearing for our whole life, that if you don't work out every day, if you don't do this, you're going to gain weight, you're going to lose muscle mass, you're not going to make progress, all of this stuff. And when you're learning a new way of doing things and you're learning to actually honor our feminine cycle, which like we said in the beginning, 
most studies are done on men. They're never done on reproductive age women. So we, all the, all the studies that we hear and all this research we're, we're, are based off of men and that's why it works for them, but it's not working for us. So mm-hmm. it's just so important for you to rewrite that narrative. And I know it takes time and it's going to come up. And when you are like, you're like, okay, I'm really committed to starting to change my workouts now from listening to this, know that those thoughts are going to come up and just do your best to have a reminder like, okay, no, like let's rewrite that script, like have an affirmation or something to say in your head when that comes up, because it is going to come up because we're so, um, like it's so culturally normal to think like that. Absolutely. And it's exactly why, how I had mentioned about earlier in the episode that I was having an experience, experiencing weight loss resistance. And I'd see a little bit of progress and then I'd see backward progress. And then I'd see a little bit. And that had everything to do was I was fighting through my luteal phase. And you had touched on this in, in a little bit ago about cortisol, because a lot of those high intensity interval training, cardio type of workouts, they put our body under in, under stress in a way. And oh, yeah. when we are in our late luteal phase, cortisol is already elevated. And then you give your body a high intensity interval training workout that you just pushed through and fought through. You're adding more cortisol. And what does that lead to? It actually leads to holding on to weight, holding on to, um, holding on to what's the word? Fat? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, just inflammation, you know, causing excess inflammation in our body, which when we step on the scale, we interpret that as if the scale goes up, weight or body fat has gone up Mm -hmm. when really there's a lot of other factors going in on that when it comes to inflammation, but you're causing excess inflammation in your body because you've pushed through those days. And that's where so many women in my line of work feel like they are plateaued or they've hit a plateau because they are working so hard. They're eating less. And we know in the luteal phase, we actually need more calories. So they're working out harder. They're eating less. Cortisol is already elevated with where we're at in our cycle. Progesterone is off doing its thing. Mm -hmm. And that just (laughs) causes our body to hang on to weight. A woman steps on the scale. and, And I know this was me. I was like, what am I doing? What I'm doing is not working. There's something going on. And then it it rolls into why am I even trying? And then you go into your menstrual phase, not wanting to be in the mindset of supporting a slowdown and just the cycle of self-sabotage starts all over. Yeah. It's, right? It's and so, so true. And so cortisol really does make a huge impact when it comes to if your goal is losing weight and you constantly are just fighting it with high intensity interval training and just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and doing those intense workouts and never slowing down and honoring your body with movement in a different way. You're just packing on more cortisol, which more cortisol will lead to that self-sabotage cycle of like, oh, what I'm doing is not working. I saw the scale go up. I'm feeling a bit bloated. My muscle, my muscle tone and definition is feeling a little bit more fluffy than usual. But now (laughs) you guys are, are going forward with the knowledge of, okay, if I slow down, I'm helping support that cortisol. It's actually going to be helping the 
um, aesthetic of muscle tone because you're not constantly adding this excess inflammation in your body and allowing it to rest and be rid of what it needs to by slowing down, which leads us very quickly into our menstrual phase of when our hormones are at our lowest. And so is our energy. You heard Corinne said she's hasn't done a workout in a few days because she's been on her period because this is the time to rest, Mm -hmm. you know, rest days are so important, especially day one, day two of your period. And then honoring your body with slow movement, maybe some static stretches, maybe a walk, maybe, you know, if you're wanting to keep that habit of a consistent time of working out, replacing it with a meditation or journaling to go within. And then when you feel like your body is rising back up in energy, it's ready to get back to some workouts, try it out, do exactly like Corinne just said she did. She started, she told herself she was going to do this thing. She was like, no, my body's not feeling it. I'm not ready for it. But tomorrow will be a new day because our hormones are starting to shift day by day by day. So the main point I want you guys to hear today is working out the same way, working out the same way every single day will not serve your body, Yeah. right? So good. And it's not your willpower that's holding you back from achieving your goals or being consistent with a workout routine. It's about getting to know your cycle, your body, the workouts that are supportive and will bring energy to you because workouts, they are not just for aesthetic. They're not just for making our body look a certain way, Mm. working out, having movement involved in your day-to-day the day routine will bring your body vibrance, energy. And trust me, like, I think it was really having kids that opened my eyes to like, no, I want to have a good cardiovascular health um, aspect of my workout because I've got two kids that run. Like we literally just have to run around our kitchen island someday (laughs) because we live in Minnesota. It's freaking cold outside. And I, I'm keeping up with them. Right. 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 And, and, and strength is totally different because when my four-year-old is like, mom, carry me. And I know he's not going to be saying that at 16, I want to be super strong, you know? And I know moms, moms all the time are like kids truly change the way that you you see the lens of life and they really really do and I just wish so many women could see that every type of workout serves our body in a particular phase in a particular way and it's not beneficial to us to fully go for full force on just one style of training we want to have cardiovascular we want to have flexibility and mobility. We want to have strength training and if you, and rest. And and if you combine all of that, your body is going to maintain a healthy weight range for you. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. This was so amazing. And speaking of like just the workouts and stuff, the other um, cultural norm that we hear is like, you know, uh, prioritizing working out over sleep 
And instead of sleeping in, like, oh no, no, I even though I went to bed later, I'm still getting up at 5 a.m. because I have to crush this workout. It's like, no, like sleep is the number one thing for your hormones and for your overall health. And no matter what phase you're in in your cycle, never prioritize working out over sleep. It is you will lose more weight by getting more sleep than if you get up earlier and work out because the less sleep that you get, the more insulin resistant you're going to be. And the and when our insulin levels are out of whack, including with our cortisol, it's like a domino effect. Those are like kind of like the top tiers, right? The cortisol and the insulin. And when those are messed up, it messes up your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, your thyroid. It's just like a, a, a cascade of problems. So while we're talking about switching the, the like a narrative of not always pushing hard and working out every phase in your cycle, I also wanted to just touch on that. Do not get up earlier to crush a workout if you're exhausted and if you did not get enough sleep because it's not going to support you. Absolutely. You guys, I'm just like a bobblehead. Yeah. Like Corinne's <laughs> talking right now. I'm like, yes, girl, you got this. Like, you know, you know. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I think this conversation needs to be just on the forefront more. And I'm hearing more people start talking about it. And I just hope that like more and more women understand that we need to start listening to our bodies. Just like, even if you want to take just one first step, start noticing the shifts in your body and really listening to what it needs. And with these shifts, like we talked about, go back, take notes, check the show notes with all the information. When you're tracking your cycle, look at what phase you're in and just start altering things and see how differently you're going to feel when you do those things. So Joelle, thank you so much for all your information. Please tell everyone how they could work with you, what you have coming up, um, your podcast, like the whole nine. Awesome. Thank you. So I am the host of the Feminine Fitness Podcast. That is where I'm putting all of pretty much all of my content in 2021. I absolutely love getting behind the mic and speaking. I teach women and we talked about the fitness fitness aspect of things today, but I really teach women how to sync their cycle with every aspect of life. Fitness, we cover. Nutrition, I cover. And then also time management, productivity, motherhood, lifestyle, career. I know that there are different ways that we can show up and different superpowers hours we have depending on what phase we are in in our cycle. Typically, I'm sitting here today also in menstrual phase, but typically yes. I wouldn't schedule podcasting during menstrual phase mm. because our communication centers, I mean, you guys heard me maybe stumbling over my words <laughs> a little bit more than normal, but I do something like this during ovulation. And that's just what I spend my time teaching women is how to enhance their lives, their daily activities, their lifestyles with their cycles in, in all aspects. And I am doing that on the podcast, Feminine Fitness Podcast, where we talk all things like female health and fitness related. And then I also have the Feminine Fitness Program. The next round is starting February 1st, where it is an eight-week group coaching where we are talking about how to sync our cycles with our lifestyles, fitness, nutrition. I have guest speakers coming in there. Yours truly, Corinne, is going yes. to be one of them. I'm so <laughs> excited and grateful for Um and, and that starts February 1st, but you'll get all future updates from me on the podcast, Feminine Fitness. Yes. Oh my gosh, Joelle. Amazing. Everyone go subscribe to the podcast, follow her on Instagram. I'll put all her information and stuff um, 
on in the show notes. If you're interested in the course, I'll put information about that too, but definitely go subscribe to our podcast. Check it out. Such amazing information. Joelle is also a guest speaker in my group course, which I'm super excited about. So I love collaborating and I just love spreading this message because we need to hear more of it. We can't hear it enough. Like I really can't hear this information enough because there's so many years of hearing opposite information. We need to just start rewriting it. So Joelle, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for your time, even especially during your menstrual cycle. (laughs) It's the truth though. It's the truth. I was like, dude, can we schedule it for this day? And I was like, yes, I'm going (laughs) to hype myself up and we will. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.